Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In his homily number 14 on Paul's letter to the Ephesians, John Chrysostom is going to discuss a number of, for him, interrelated matters, namely the emotion of anger, our tendency to fall into sin because of it, the factor of time, and the devil, the adversary for not only God, but also for us human beings. You could say the prime troublemaker and instigator who wants us to be angry and to stay angry and for that anger to develop into enmity or hatred. And he's going to be explaining and citing several verses coming from this letter, one right after the other, that Chrysostom takes as being sort of interconnected with each other. The first probably everybody has heard of, if you've looked into Christian literature about anger, be angry and sin not. Meaning that, you know, anger by itself is not the automatically bad thing. It could have some legitimate uses, but don't fall into sin because of it. The second one you may have encountered, you know, in a more contemporary form. Don't go to bed angry, right? Let not the sun go down on your wrath is how Paul talks about it. And then the third one, neither give place to the devil. Don't let the devil get in there because once the devil does, you're going to have greater problems than you started. And so Chrysostom begins by talking about this verse, be angry and sin not. He says, observe his wisdom. Whose wisdom? Paul's. He both speaks to prevent our sinning. And if we do not listen, still does not forsake us for his fatherly compassion does not desert us. And he gives the example of a physician, a a doctor, right? What does your doctor do? Well, in the old days, they didn't spend a lot of time paperwork or insurance or things like that. They instead would, you know, observe you, diagnose you, give you a prescription. And interestingly, you notice the prescription here is not go and take some drugs. That's just like one possible thing. In ancient medicine, you might have prescribed drugs, but you'd also prescribe diet or exercise or do these sorts of things and avoid these sorts of things. So the physician prescribes to the sick what he must do. So let's try not to get angry. But if you're going to get angry, don't sin, right? Don't fall into bad behavior. And so he says, if the patient does not submit to the physician, the physician does not treat him with contempt. He doesn't look down on him, but proceeding to add what advice he can by way of persuasion, again, goes on with the cure. And Chrysostom says that's what Paul is doing here. He indeed, who does otherwise, like a physician who's not behaving that way, aims only at reputation and is annoyed at being disregarded. Whereas the person who really cares about the patient, whether it's Paul as a spiritual doctor or an actual medical doctor, has one single object in view, how he may restore the patient and raise him up again. How can you fix things for the person? So how can we understand this? Well, Chrysostom says, 
you know, it's better if you don't get angry at all. That would be really wonderful, but you're probably going to get angry. So if you do get angry, then you want to limit it in important ways. And one of these is the sin not, but another has to do with the factor of time. And here's where we get the second verse coming in. He says, let not the sun go down on your wrath. Would you have your fill of anger? How much do you need? One hour, two hours, three hours? That's enough for you. Let not the sun depart and leave you both at enmity, at hatred between the two of you in conflict. And he goes on and he says, well, why should this be the case? What's so important about the night? And here, I think, you know, with what's being said, of course, it's assuming sort of an ancient culture, one that went on until we had like electrical lights whenever we want them. And, you know, we'd have to like rethink this in our own time, perhaps expand it also to the day. He says that the blessed Paul dreads the night, lest overtaking in solitude him that was wrong, still burning with anger. It should again kindle up the fire. Why? Well, like he says, as long as there are many things in the daytime to banish it, you're free to indulge it. But as soon as the evening comes on, be reconciled, extinguish the evil while it's still fresh, for should night overtake it, the morning will not avail to extinguish the further evil that's been collected in the night. We've all probably had the experience of waking up in the middle of the night or not being able to get to sleep, either because of anger or some other passion. It could be anxiety, it could be excitement, it could be something else. But anger has a tendency to keep us awake. And now in the silence of the night, without all sorts of other things impinging on us, we we can ruminate, we can dwell on that anger, we can allow it to use this metaphor as we're sort of feeding a fire that's there. Instead of letting it go out, putting it out before we go to sleep, burns through the night and in the morning, it's ready to come back up in full blaze. And so this is why Paul is telling us, and Chrysostom is reinforcing, that we want to, before we go to sleep, or at least, you know, before we settle down, maybe we won't be able to get to sleep, we want to do our best to try to banish, to let go of, to extinguish that anger, that enmity, that hatred, that conflict with somebody else. And then here he comes to talking about this neither give place to the devil. So why shouldn't we give place to the devil? Well, because anytime we do that, it's going to be bad for us. He says to be at war with one another, that's what giving place to the devil means. And it doesn't have to be war, like shooting at each other. It could be any sort of conflict that's going on. He's got this very interesting analogy that he provides of the devil looking for little ways to get in there. And so he says that just as stones in a building, as long as they're closely fitted together and leave no interstice, no little spot between them, will stand firm. Well, if there's but a single needle's passage through or a crevice no broader than a hair, this destroys and ruins all. So it is with the devil. So long as we, we human beings, are closely set and compacted together, he cannot introduce one of his wiles. But when he causes us to relax a little, he rushes in like a torrent. In every case, he just needs a beginning. 
And this is the thing which is difficult to accomplish, but this done, he makes room on all sides for himself. So if you're in a relationship with people who you love and are connected with, don't let the devil get in there in between you because he is going to take that little space and make it bigger and bigger and bigger until finally there's plenty of room between you and you're separated from each other. So, you know, he, he also tells us that John Chrysostom, that once this starts to happen, we're going to be at odds with each other because we don't don't actually buy the same truth. He says, he opens the ear to slanders. What are slanders? You know, saying bad things about other people, right? Which may be actually false. And they who speak lies are the more trusted. They have enmity, which plays the advocate, not truth, which judges justly. So once we start to think bad things about people because we're in conflict with them, we are more liable to think even more bad things about them that are, that are false. And we're liable to view these as true. So he says, where friendship is, even those evils which are true appear false, right? We overlook the bad things about people. And so where there is enmity or hatred, even the false appear true. And this is a really interesting way of discussing it. There's a different mind, a different tribunal, which does not hear fairly, but with great bias and partiality. So the metaphor there is of a judgment. And when you hear bad stuff about people who you already don't like or are angry with or hate, you're like, yeah, Bastards probably are that way. They probably did do that, even though it's false. He goes on and he's got another example. A balance, if lead is cast in the scale, it will drag down the hole. And he says, it's the same here, only that the weight of hatred, enmity is even greater than any lead. So once again, he comes back to let not the sun go down on your anger, right? And he tells us that if you don't deal with that, right away, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And the devil is presumably involved in it. He says, if you fail to master your anger on the very first day, both on the following and oftentimes even for a year, you will be protracting it. And the hatred, the enmity will actually increase, right? It will augment itself and require nothing to aid it. If you remain angry with people, this is something that gets pointed out. It transforms, congeals into hatred, actual hatred, which is worse than the original anger. And so how can we deal with this? Well, interestingly, one way that Chrysostom says that we can deal with this passion, extinguish the flame, reflecting on our own sins, our own failures, our own weaknesses, our own places where we go wrong, how much we have to answer for to God, reflecting that we're wreaking vengeance, not on an enemy, but on ourselves reflecting that we are delighting the devil. So this comes back to the issue of don't give the devil place. We're strengthening our enemy, our real enemy, and we're actually hurting ourselves. And so he says, listen, if you want to be angry and revengeful and involved in hatred, then there's one being that you should be directing that at. And it's not your fellow human being, and it's not God, and it's not yourself. It's the devil. It's okay to hate the devil. It's okay to take revenge on the devil if you possibly can. It's okay to be angry with the devil. As a matter of fact, he says, it was for this purpose that God gave us anger, not that we should thrust the sword into our own bodies, but that we should baptize the whole blade in the devil's breast. And how do you do that? Well, you can be angry at the devil, but you can't just be angry all the time. You have to reconcile with your fellow human beings. 
your brothers and sisters, and thereby you push the devil out. You don't give the devil space. So you overcome anger by directing it at the devil and by doing the things that are needed in order to end the conflict with other people, right? So he says, this actually comes to pass when we're merciful to our spiritual family and peaceably disposed towards one another. So we overcome anger through mercy, through pity, through compassion, and we behave like decent human beings in relation to each other. So there's all sorts of interesting interconnected ways that Chrysostom sees anger and the devil being connected. And this injunction about time, don't let anger linger because it's going to create space for the devil and turn into hatred, which will eventually become um, very difficult to overcome. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.